The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. This podcast is brought to you in part by the Pop Insider. The Pop Insider has all the latest in news, merch reviews, and other geeky goodness. Whether you're a wizard, a Sith Lord, or a superhero, fuel your fandom at the Pop Insider. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... This is urgent. We need a response team. We're already putting together the best move. With all due respect, sir, so am I. I have a plan. <laughs> it's real! Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're... We're a time bomb. Well then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am group. That I did know. These people may be isolated and unbalanced even, but I believe with the right push, it can be exactly what you need. I'm suit up. I'm bringing the party to you. I have indeed been uploaded, gentlemen, online and ready. Welcome to another issue of Mighty Marvel Geeks. It is the intrepid trio, Kylan, Eric, and myself, Mike. I had to stop myself from pronouncing a D in front of Eric's name. Because that's a different, that's two other shows. Derek, my co-host on Wookiee Radio and Weeby Geeks. So I'm, I'm starting to think it, and my mouth, my brain was fast enough to go, no, 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 no. But you heard this gentleman couple weeks ago on Wookiee Radio, and we talked about all his Star Wars books. Now we have him here. Uh, I will say he is definitely a Indiana Jones, Dr. Afra-esque. He is that, ro- <laughs> he is that rogue archaeologist of the written word. That is author Adam Bray. How's everyone doing? Good. I'm, Good. I'm doing great. I don't think you've ever been introduced like that before. You, you should, I, I can help you no. trademark that. The, the rogue, archeolo- <laughs> the rogue archaeologist yeah, of the some... written word. Dude, I want an introduction like that. We just that. need some uh, Indiana Jones music there. I would love to, but copyright. I'll get the show flagged in a heartbeat. Right, yeah. That's why, that's... That's why I stopped doing, I, I have a small little blurb of Howard the Duck, because it's my favorite movie. One of my favorite <laughs> movies, and I can't play that drop anymore either, because of copyright oh. infringement. So I, I'm protective Disney of that. lawyers. Um, well, sometimes it's other groups before he even hits Disney lawyers. They're like, that's copyrighted material. You can't have that. We're going to flag your show and take it down. That's only been within oh, recent years with music. So I, I try and be cautious. So, um, mm-hmm. before we get into the books, tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got into writing. Um, and I love, I loved your stories over on Wookiee radio, uh, about your travels. And, uh, let's talk about that as well real quick. Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah, sure. Um, well, I had a since about 13 years now. Um, I started out as a web designer, and, and uh, I was living over in Southeast Asia. 
and uh, I lived. I was living in a coastal town on, in Vietnam. When I got there, um, it uh, it was just completely empty. You know, there was just a, a beach with a couple of you know a couple little guest houses on there, and really quiet and isolated and beautiful. And I just got there and liked it so much. I decided to stay. Um, but uh, while I was living there, on right on the water. Um, uh, it very quickly evolved into Vietnam's top tourist destination um, with lots of uh, resorts uh, just kind of wall to wall. And I'm going to take a little bit of credit, personal credit for that, because um, while I was there, I started making a website for uh, the beach and I was the only foreigner living there. Um, so, you know, I had, you know, pretty much e exclusive uh, information there. Um, you know, I just write about, you know, what there was to see and do locally, where to go eat, you know, where to stay, all that kind of basic stuff. And um, publishers, travel writing or travel, travel guide publishers started noticing the website. So they would um, ask me, they'd send me an email and they'd ask me to update their guidebooks. So I uh, became a guidebook writer that way and uh, would travel around the country um, Sometimes I go over to Cambodia, or Laos, or Thailand, and uh, work on books for those countries as well. And uh, then moved on to freelancing for um, like CNN and National Geographic and BBC, and um, doing a lot of airlines, magazines, and just kind of slowly branched out. Um, but one of the the um, publishers that I worked with regularly, there was there was about I worked with, but one of them was DK. And uh, right away, I knew, oh, those are that. That's that company that does those great Star Wars um, books, the visual guides and the cross-section books. Yeah. And you know, those were the books that in college I always I drool over at the bookstore, but um, I could never afford them because um, I was a poor college student with like forty thousand dollars in student loans, um, so I never had any money. So. Um, but I thought, uh, you know, I love those books. Maybe um, what, if I get some, you know, experience under my belt, maybe someday I could ask them, you know, do you need a, a writer for your Star Wars stuff? So about uh, 2013, um, or maybe it was 2012, I came back to um, the U.S. and I went to Star Wars Celebration in Orlando. And um, it was really my first my first convention I'd ever been to, um, <clears throat> and loved it. It was life changing. Celebration and, Six uh, was a great show to be. Kind at. of figured out who all yeah, it was. Yeah, it was still. Um, uh, I can't remember. Had the Disney purchase been announced yet? I don't think so. No. I think it was right after that. Uh, Disney purchase went down during that time. Because when Lucas right, was here yeah, for celebration, yeah, he remember. popped over and met Iger at, at Hollywood Brown Derby during that weekend. Um, and then it was right. uh, October he, that was announced. Yeah, because I remember there we learned, I don't know if it was during the convention or right after that George had met with um, 
Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher. And there yeah. were a couple, there was a, there's a famous photo or two from that meeting at the convention center and you can see it in their eyes. And I think since they've cut, they've said that was when he told them that he was selling the company to Disney and they'd probably make some more movies. Yeah. Um, so that was wild. And that also, I remember, I remember, um, it was weird listening to Dave Filoni because and I think I even t- tweeted about this. Um, I could tell that it was like he was trying to convince the powers that be to make more Clone Wars. It hadn't been announced that, you know, that it was canceled or anything like that. As far right. as everyone knew, you know, it was just going to keep going and going and going. But I could, there was something weird about the way he was talking to people. Like he was trying to convince everybody buddy to justify why there should be another season of Clone Wars. And yeah. I, so I picked up on something wasn't right. Um, so, yeah, but I, um, I connected with, um, you know, the publishers and authors and, uh, it was shortly thereafter that I got in touch with, um, the Star Wars people at DK and, um, they put me on, uh, what makes a monster, which is a little, uh, reader book for kids. And uh, they liked that, so they asked me to do um, the guide for Star Wars Rebels, and just kept growing from there. Um, and I don't, I don't, rem- I, th- I think I, you know, asked, you know, do you got any Marvel books I can do? And, you know, after I'd done some Star Wars, because that was the next area I wanted to branch out into. Oh, very cool. Um, I just love, you know, it, it's, it's the MCU that's really made me fall in love with marvel i mean i i had it as a, a kid you know there was of course the spider-man cartoons um you know that was probably the the, the biggest thing but uh, you know there was the hulk tv show and stuff yeah. like that i have the perfect book idea for you for if dk will take it the marvel exactly. the marvel tourist guide to new york city oh that, that would be great or the Marvel, oh, wow. or the Marvel travel guide to New York City. I would love to do something like that. I think there might be something like that in existence already. Not necessarily the sort of um, the the slant on it that I would want to do. I would want to do something more comprehensive. I think it, what there is is a little bit superficial. Um, but yeah, it's something I would love to do. It's, you know, I want to do location books, both Star Wars and Marvel, but it is incredibly hard to sell them on the, those ideas for some reason. Well, I, I would buy it. I'm just saying. Well, I, I just recently got the, the Traveler's Guide to Batu, uh, which is the Galaxy's Edge related Traveler's Guide. And I, and I think that's going to do well because right. it is Galaxy's oh. Edge. But I, I think a Marvel Traveler's Guide for New York City would do well, especially if you're tying in the comics and the movies, because people know the movies, they see it, and you and you should point out Luke's bar, where potentially the area where Jessica's detective agency is, the lawyer, the lawyer's office of, of Murdoch, uh, stuff like that. I mean, I think there's potential. All in Hell's Kitchen. Right. Where, where the popular Froyo stand is. My, yes. the, um, my experience uh, with Marvel, um, the only limitation would be they don't 
uh, unlike uh, Star Wars, which um, uh, which intentionally blends everything, you know, the movies, the right. the comics, the novels, the games, all that. Marvel uh, thus far likes to, well, kind of insists on keeping them all separate. Um, so in my experience, you can only either write books um, about the comics universe or about the MCU. Um, they've kind of, they've kept all the, um, the Netflix stuff off limits, unfortunately. Um, and the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, I think Marvel has self-produced a few things for like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Agent Carter, but they don't usually allow that to be blended in, even though it's on Disney Plus now, which is kind of a weird thing because it's not MCU technically, um, but it's on Disney Plus. Yeah. All this last season, they've tied it completely to the MCU. Yeah. Uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Yeah. It, they brought it back tenfold into MCU. Um, did they? Uh, yeah. I haven't watched um, the last two or three episodes yet. That, it's a weird thing. I was told um, that Marvel, because when I did the Marvel Studios uh, Visual Dictionary, which is the, the guide to the whole MCU, that I was, we could not incorporate um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, or uh, Agent Carter stuff, um, even though they, you know, they'd had a couple of guest appearances, you know, of like Lady Sif and um, oh, one of those Hydra guys. Um, uh, he was in one of the movies. I forget. Is kind of a background. Uh, character um oh, yeah, Shield, yeah, yeah, Hydra, yeah. you know upper echelon um yeah if you blink you you wouldn't realize though he actually was in the movie he was a lot more in the show than he was in the movie um, but there are several several of those people but i was told that they considered um agents of shield and peggy carter as like an alternate universe um to the mcu to the movies um, Interesting. Is so it, yeah, even Fury, I, Fury even yeah. appeared in in Shield. Yeah, he did. He did. He had a, a cameo. I think it was one episode. And um, what's her name? Had a second in command was in a cameo oh. in one or two episodes. Oh, yeah. Well, well yeah. I guess I guess uh, it makes so, I guess it uh, makes sense since that was right around the time that the split from Marvel Studios from Marvel Entertainment happened, and they were trying to keep the two separated but now that all of tv is now under marvel studios as well maybe they they've uh, rethought right. that yeah i think i think they're trying to um shuffle the deck to uh <clears throat> consolidate things um it seems like they want to make it all mcu now um but i I don't know what's going on. I, I don't ever watch Hulu. Hulu. They have they finished that Runaways show? Yes, Runaways is finished, and okay. I am I am behind yeah. on it. So I don't know if they. Yeah, I've I've not seen an episode of that. So I don't know if they're doing more more Marvel for Hulu, or or if the only Marvel TV is going to be on Disney Plus now. I guess there's nothing going on ABC after she, Agents of Shield. I, At the moment, I, there's nothing else planned. Now, let, let's talk about your most recent Marvel book. 
it's the character encyclopedia. Yeah, I, th- I think that is the newest one. Or well, I guess the 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 Marvel Comics Encyclopedia is. I that, think that's newer. But um, I think that's the yeah, one I was referring. They're not far apart. We, I think that's the one I was thinking of. Okay. So, so uh, uh, is that the one I brought up? I think so. Yep, that's the encyclopedia. Yes. So tell us a little bit about what you had to do for it, um, uh, research-wise. And right, yeah, um, the encyclopedia. Uh, for those that don't know, I think it's it's kind of like their like DK's foundation book um, for Marvel comics. Um, it's probably one of their oldest uh, Marvel books, and they regularly because it's so popular they regularly update it um i think about every two two or three years or so and i I don't it seems like it's been going 15 or 20 years i'm not sure when the first edition came out um but so i'm i'm the most recent edition of uh writers uh to a long list and um, relatively speaking, my my contribution was pretty small. It was um, just kind of random random pages and entries uh, throughout the book. Um, so, but I'd done um, other similar work uh, for Ultimate Marvel, uh, which is another um, encyclopedia, but it, it comes at it um, uh, from a different angle. You know, it's like the Star ultimate star wars it it divided um things up between like characters and locations and um i think weapons and and then like magical items um whereas the marvel encyclopedia is just characters and groups i believe um so but the the actual entries are quite similar and it's it's just you know in an encyclopedic uh entry of you know the bio for each character so um you know for some new characters i'm writing you know the entire biography for others i'm just uh adding um you know information based on the the newest comics from the last couple of years um, the hardest part about that when you're updating uh, these older characters is um, sometimes they give you more space to, to um, fill in the extra information, but sometimes you're working with the same amount of space that you already had. So the hard part is figuring, okay, what do I delete in order to make space for the new stuff? And, you know, and then I've got a way, you know, well, what, what about their biography, you know, isn't as important that I can justify cutting it to make for the new stuff? Because sometimes, you know, sometimes there may be new information. The character may have had new stories, but the problem is sometimes they're not really significant, you know. Sometimes their their past history is much more significant. So those decisions become really hard because you got to have some new information there for people to have a reason to buy it um, and it not look frivolous. So that, that becomes a challenge. Um, and, you know, and it's also a challenge um, because nobody can, no, nobody's, I don't think there's anybody out there that's reading all of the Marvel comics that come out. You know, you pick and choose the characters that you like 
um, you know, the teams that you like, but you know, there's so much, there's so many comic, and maybe not so much under the pan- pandemic. I know they've had some problems with the, the publishing, um, uh, holdups, uh, but, um, normally, you know, there's such a large volume of stuff. So, you know, f- figuring out, you know, get, getting a, a handle on all of that is uh, tricky. Um, spend a lot of time, you know, on the Marvel website, you know, skimming, uh, spend a lot of time, you know, in the, the, um, there's various Marvel wikis out there. There's a great, um, kind of like the, the Marvel version of Wikipedia, um, which sometimes is very up to date. Uh, sometimes it's not. So, yeah, I got to do do a lot of skimming and a lot of reading and a lot of searching uh, to keep up with all that. Okay. So, do you focus now, uh, like in like in the books? Because uh, I know s- sometimes they will make subtle changes to kind of line up with what we are getting in the MCU. Uh, in the in the encyclopedia, are you focusing strictly on the comic version of the character? Yeah, in um, in both the Marvel Encyclopedia and uh, in Ultimate Marvel, um, as well as uh, Marvel Absolutely Everything You Need to Know, um, those books are focused specifically on the comics and not on the MCU. Um, so I'm not supposed to take the MCU into account when... I'm writing those those sorts of books. However, because I am personally interested in the MCU and the movies, um, I will take a personal interest anytime they've brought the storylines in the comics closer to being in line with what's going on in the movies. So I will I will take note of that as a fan. And I will try to work that, you know, put a little more emphasis on that information just because that's what interests me. Um, But, you know, again, it 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 has to be information that's authentic to the comics and that I'm not, you know, trying to work something in that's exclusive to the movies. But as long as they, you know, line up, then that's fine. Like, for instance, um, the uh, of Shield characters um, for the TV show—they all got their comics uh, for a while. I don't—they're not going on now. But the right. fact that they had comics really interested me because I'm a fan of the show. So I—I I don't know if it's both Ultimate Marvel and the Marvel Encyclopedia, or if it was just one of them. But at least one of those books, I requested, please let's put the Agents of Shield characters into the books because they hadn't been listed before. Um, so I—so I was the one that got them uh, in in the book from the comics. Well, we will say thank you for that because you're right. If they certainly if they were if they had a comic made about them and they had their own adventures, then there's no reason why they shouldn't be included in the, in the character encyclopedia. Absolutely. Right. Exactly. So, and, and the interesting thing um, from, from Marvel entertainment's point of view, um, at least the, 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 the departments that, that, I connect to through my writing work. 
they consider um, though the MCU is they consider the MCU uh, separate from the comics. It's not affecting the comics. The comics are their own thing. However, it works differently going the other direction. They consider. Um, the the comics to actually be the background stories of uh, these characters in in the shows and in the movies. Um, so they they would consider you know like the Agents of Shield comics to be actual ca- canonical background for that show, uh-huh. and like the prequel comics they can they they consider the prequel comics for the MCU movies to be canonical backstories to those movie characters. Um, so whether you're going from movies to comics it, or whether you're going from comics to movies, there's a bit, it works differently. There's a subtle difference um, in, you know, their, their canonness. Um, however, I don't know if I don't think my personal opinion that the producers and showrunners necessarily take those comics into account. Um my guess is they pro- probably ignore them. <laughs> um, so you may have a difference of appro- approach um, depending on who you're talking to in the company. Again, it's not like it is um, with Lucasfilm and Star Wars where everything since the Disney purchase is supposed to be kind of at the same level. With Marvel, it's a little bit different. Okay, um, It's weird, but then. Then when you when you start talking about um, like movie rights and Sony and Spider Man and um, it, it gets murky and I, I run into issues where um, the comic book writers and comic book artists may still have some rights to their characters, um, so maybe you can use them in a movie, but you can't necessarily talk about them in a book um there's and there there's weird things with like universal and hulk and it's like um for a long time i didn't think we were going to be able to include anything from hulk uh in my books my mcu books um like the character encyclopedia um but i think at, at the last minute we got the okay to include a little bit of hulk in there um, but you'll notice you don't see anything, you know, from Spider-Man, uh, the, the two Spider-Man movies, um, in my MCU books, the, because of the, you know, Marvel and Sony may have it worked out to make movies together, but they don't have the rights worked out to make books about the movies. Um, so you can't, you can't mix it all together in a book. Uh, so there's all these weird little technicalities and nuances, and sometimes it's frustrating because, like, I'm a huge Spider-Man fan. I'd love nothing more to, you know, include all the movie Spider-Man movie stuff in there, but we just can't. We're not allowed to. Wow. But now it's going to be interesting um, with with the Disney purchase of Fox. Uh, uh, they, I don't, I don't know if they've finally decided or not now, now what they're going to do with um public you know if you'll be allowed to uh you know that the licensees can make books about those movies or not but i, I don't you know, see why not they're, they're gonna yeah i mean they're they're putting they're putting uh, the, they're putting, the mo- they're putting the movies on uh disney plus 
Yeah, it's a weird thing because Disney's gonna make money wherever there's money to be made. If as long as they own the rights to everything, um, but when they start handing things over to the licensees to make products, then it gets further, further, you know, at the edge of Disney's arm, um, and they they get a little more funny about it. Uh, so. I think a lot of it's going to depend on what what they're going to consider canon um, from that. Uh, like, are, I guess the rumor is that they'll reboot the X Men, um, but clearly they want they've got such a great thing with Deadpool, they want to keep going with Deadpool. Um, right. And everybody would love to see Hugh Jackman appear as Wolverine again, even if it's a cameo. So I don't know if, he, you know, he thought he was done at Logan, but I'm not sure after the Disney purchase whether he's <laughs> done or not, um, even if it's just some cameos. Um, so, yeah, that, so whether whether we can use that in publishing, I think is going to partly depend on that. Um, it's weird. I, I don't know what I don't know what to expect. Okay. So, were you writing anything when Disney and when Disney and Fox, well, pre-merger, they had that whole thing going on, and Fox is like, "Well, we're going to keep Spider-Man for ourselves. We don't want him in the MCU." And Disney is like, "Well, fine. We don't care. We don't need him in the MCU." And so there was that weird. I don't know. Six weeks. Where mommy and daddy were fighting. Uh, were you doing anything at that point? <laughs> that, you know, and then all of a sudden you're told, "Oh, hey, uh, if you have this, we you can't do it." Or this this was in there, but you have to take it out. Oh no, it's okay to put it back in. Did anything like that happen for you? Ah, uh, that's a good question. Um, not that I recall. Um, I think that was, um, I think every, I think everything I had done, um, concerning the movies was I'd already done my work and turned it in. Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't think I, I didn't still have it in my hands. Um, so I wasn't concerned, um, about my own work. Um, with that, I figured that was what I've observed is these these very public fights they do. They're just using as um, leverage to try to usually just to try to get more money is what mm. the deal is. Um, you'll see you'll see that with the actors a lot, too. Um, you know, the Henry, Henry Cavill is the big one with uh, Superman yeah. Yeah. for D.C., um, you know, a lot of these, you know, these public public arguments or public questions about whether somebody's going to return or not, or studios are going to work together on the rights, it's just leverage to get more money. Um, and with something like Spider-Man, he's too big, he's too important. So I never had any doubt that um, they would work it out. Um, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it could have fall, fallen apart. But I, I never thought it would. Um, so I wasn't worried about that. Okay. Okay. 
Eric, you got anything? You've been kind of quiet. Uh, I, <laughs> I'm sorry. I've been having some uh, some some tech issues, so I'll be like, I'm about to ask a question. It's all of a sudden, oh wait, I've just been kicked out of the chat. So uh, apparently, the tech gods don't let me ask questions. So I'm going to tempt their fate right now, and let's talk about these uh, the visual dictionaries, kind of like the uh, the Marvel Studios visual dictionary. Well, heck, let's go with that one. Uh, you have your write-ups on all these fabulous things that are in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And, of course, you have to, you know, you have to do write-ups for all of them. How much um, – I don't know how I can phrase this, so I'll just come out and say, did you get any hands-on time with any of these? Or did you have to do it all at a distance? Um... By hands-on time, what, what do you mean exactly? I mean, did you get to actually lift Mjolnir, or did you only get to see pictures, uh, that sort of thing? Right. Um, I was very much at a distance, unfortunately. Um, I very much wanted to see things up close um, and very much wanted to connect with people. Um Unfortunately, that was not in the cards. Um, there's, there, there's a big difference between the way Marvel does things um, and the way Lucasfilm does things. Though the way Lucasfilm does things is, has been changing and evolving uh, since the Disney pur- purchase. Um, I think it used to be in, in the beginning, when I started with Lucasfilm, you know, it was very easy to connect with anyone I wanted to talk to, whether it's, you know, story group or actors or whoever behind the scenes. Um, and it's, you know, with a big company like Disney, there's going to be more red tape. Um, but Lucasfilm, well, they have the archives. Um, George Lucas retains ownership of that and... Um, that's technically part of his um, his museum now because he did not sell the props uh, with the Disney sale. Um, so Lucasfilm has to go through uh, George Lucas's museum now when they want to, to access those things. But theoretically, it, it was possible to cease those things if you got approvals and wanted to buy a plane ticket and go see them. Um, with Marvel, they do have an archives, um, but it's it's not something that uh, anybody can just get permission and go see uh, unless you're like a movie director uh, or somebody working on the films. They do these um, uh, traveling uh, uh, exhibits and I was hoping while I was working on the book to go see one of these traveling exhibits of Marvel um, props and costumes and things. I think the first exhibit was in Australia, um, and then they've they've had several. Uh, uh, I think there was one like out in Oregon, and I think there was one um, maybe in Illinois or somewhere south of me, I'm in Michigan, but because of the uh, pandemic, it wasn't available. I wanted to see it this spring and couldn't because of the lockdowns. Um, But uh, so, yeah, I I wanted to see the stuff, but it didn't work out. Um, Oh yeah. I tried to make contact with, what's that? Wasn't it in Dearborn? Wasn't there a Marvel exhibit, but it was in Dearborn? Um, there, 
Yeah, I think the most recent one uh, might have been. Um, I don't know if it's still there or not. I should probably uh, check on that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I tried to reach out uh, and uh, connect to some of the, the, the executives. The funny thing is the, the person that was most receptive was um, just uh, through social media was James Gunn. Um, and that was at that time, um, he had gotten, you know, temporarily, uh, distanced, uh, from Disney, uh, for, you know, his, his Twitter stuff. Um, so I was, you know, really frustrated because, uh, he was, uh, the one person of anyone at the time that I would have loved to have talked to and gotten some firsthand, uh, input on the guardians of the galaxy things, um, Thank God he was um, brought back into the fold um, eventually. But, uh, yeah, so I was uh, pretty much all on my own for um, the writing of, of the book. Okay. But so it, it meant uh, doing a lot of um, pretty intense uh, research. I, I bought everything I could get a hold of. Like, I... Up to that point, you know, I had a complete collection of all the um, art books uh, for the movies, which even though the visual dictionary and the character encyclopedia are in-universe and the art books are mostly written from out of the universe, there's nonetheless, there was still a lot of tremendously valuable information that I could use for my own purposes. Um and I had uh, Marvel, um, I don't know if they still do, but they were making um, kind of like mini guides to the movies. I think they were produced, and I had an electronic version, but I think they were produced like as comic books. But they were actually like like, like in-universe guides to each movie. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, the, those were um, produced by Marvel. Um there was actually there was a museum book um, for the exhibit in Australia that I got from an overseas publisher. Um, yeah, they Marvel did send me a ton of um, interviews uh, and uh, yeah, all the prelude comics um, to the movies. Uh, so I was working with that. Um, but I was doing a lot of um, research to uh, the, the fun thing about these days, my, my favorite part about writing about them was how they um, they base a lot of their stuff in the real world. Um, like Captain America, it's all the, these World War II props and uh, costumes and uniforms and uh, weapons, you know, guns and tanks and missiles and things, uh, trucks and motorcycles. So I do, you know, all this research on, you know, World War II, you know, uniforms and the, the boots and the, the parachute pants and the jackets and, you know, all the the guns that all the guys uh, were using um, and uh, like the, the Thor stuff, um, the Asgard, you know, I'd research all about um, Norse mythology and try to incorporate that, you know, when I was labeling 
you know, parts of, of statues or parts of the throne room and stuff and work in bits of Norse mythology into these things that you never got in the movies. Um, but I try to keep it as authentic as you can. Um, with Ant-Man, I mentioned the fact that, you know, all the little ants, those are real species of ants. So I would talk about the behavior habits of, you know, all those species. Um, Wakanda, you know, I, you know, I research about, you know, all, all the, the spears and the weapons and the costumes and stuff and work in, you know, real world anthropological facts about um, the African cultures that they borrowed and mixed and matched from. The funny thing about the Wakanda stuff is it, it's a mix of African cultures from all over the continent. And they even mix some Southeast Asian stuff in that I recognize from like living over there. So oh, very cool. it's interesting to um, work all, all that in. Yeah. So I would get as real world as I possibly could on everything and uh, just I love to get you know little minute details um, the other weird thing that um, into with Marvel that you never have with Star Wars is um, all the product advertising um, and there were several movies um, where they do that so much in um, like Doctor Strange you know, there are cars that are product placement. There are watches that are product placement. You know, there's soda is an obvious thing, you know, with it's Coke or Pepsi or something. Um, I know, uh, like, Iron Man, especially um, the first or second movie, there's a lot of product placement in um, the, the tools and yep. some of the hardware and computers like Dell and stuff around his office. Um, even the wine bottles in like his cellar, I think it's all product placement. Um, so I would list, you know, I do intensive research, you know, I try to find every bit of clothing that everyone was wearing, you know, jewelry and belts. And I just, I point it explicitly. I'd label everything, what it was and where it came from. Um, and some of that makes it into the final book, but some of it gets cut out, um, one of the frustrating things is the layout will change sometimes after I do my writing um, and things that I might have written in there don't necessarily fit into the new layout and they'll just drop it um, to, to make space or Marvel may not want certain information in there. You know, some of that product placement that's like, well, they paid for the advertising in the movie, but we don't necessarily want to give them more advertising in the in the book in a book if they didn't pay for it. I think that's <laughs> this is just what I, my my guess is what's going on. Um, so yeah, some makes it in and some um, some doesn't. Um, uh, yeah, so that's the product placement is really amusing and it's weird because it's yeah. not something in Star Wars. <laughs> Can you think of any, and you don't have to give the, the names if you really don't feel like that's appropriate, um, are there any of those product placements that really just kind of caught you off guard? It's kind of like, wow, I sure wasn't expecting that in there. Um, trying to think. Uh, I mean, you, you would know, expect it, stuff it, like it, Audi and Dell and all that. Right. Um, yeah, it... Uh, 
like the well i guess some of it um some of it is a presumption on my part that it's that it's a product placement um because they, they didn't give me like any any well there were a couple of items that there was a discussion from the outset of whether we can or can't talk about certain items um because they were product placement um but most of it I was just finding on my own. Uh, but I think that knowing how things work, um, anytime you see a brand, a recognizable brand, it's usually because in any movie, it's because they somebody's paid to have their brand visible. If it's not um, in a movie or a TV show, they're always going to remove that logo or remove that name or in a TV show, they'll blur it out because they don't want to give companies free advertising if they're not paying for it. Otherwise, the advertising is not worth anything and you can't get people to pay later. Um, So anytime it's visible, I presume that it's product placement. So, yeah, some of the some of the watches and um and uh, the the wine bottles and things that I mentioned those surprised me a little bit. It, I think it, at first it just the whole idea surprised me because I'd written so many Star Wars books and not dealt with it. Um, but now I'm just kind of used to it, so I I kind of expect it now. Um, but yeah, the the cars and soda, you know, maybe a motorcycle. Those are the things that everybody expects. Um, but you know, there's a, there's a lot of clothing. You know, there's sneakers. You know, shoes are a big one. Um, but yeah, it's uh, the I guess there there was there was an odd one, and it's one I mentioned I think in the character encyclopedia um, at the end of the Black Panther movie. Um, I think it was his shirt or something. Yeah, I think it was his shirt on. Um, on uh, T'Challa, the uh, the king, uh, the, the uh, costume designer. Um, he, I don't know what came first, if if the the product came first or the shirt in the movie came first. But then he ended up uh, selling uh, this, not exactly the same shirt, but kind of a um, recreation of it or a reimagining of it. Um, that was just kind of an odd situation because it's actually, I don't remember. There's, I, I give the name of it. There's like an artsy name for a shirt that's in the character encyclopedia. But I thought it was kind of cool. Um, so I made a point of, you know, the labeling it. But it was a little, I don't know, it's just a little odd the 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 way a product the product came out from that because it wasn't a well known thing. It wasn't something. It wasn't like a T-shirt you go buy at Walmart or something. It was like a um, it was like a designer thing. You have to go to like the boutique shop, the specific boutique shop to buy. It wasn't at you know multiple shops. And it wasn't mass marketed kind of a thing. Okay. Yeah, you, you find stuff like that. Which have you found harder, I guess, if that's the direction we want to go, uh, harder to get stuff approved from Marvel or, or Lucasfilm? Um, the way I work with the publishers now, um, 
in the beginning with Lucasfilm, there'd be more back and forth between me and people at Lucasfilm. Now it, it pretty much all goes through the publisher, and then they deal with um, the, the, all the approvals and stuff, uh, whether it's Lucasfilm or Marvel. And then the publisher will send things back to me if there's changes. Um, uh, I think... Uh, I think at, as of my last project, I think probably Lucasfilm was a little more flexible. Um, for Marvel, they're kind of new to this. Um, that was something else I was um, trying to get at. Um, the they're, Marvel's Marvel's really new to doing any kind of books with um, the MCU, other than the art books that they were doing right along. There hadn't been... Um, any guides to the movies made by third-party licensed publishers. Um, you know, the, the licensed publishers hadn't been working with the movie material. So Marvel's, mm-hmm. unlike Lucasfilm, which has been doing this, you know, since the 80s with the original movies, um, Marvel's only just started, you know, after the MCU's 10 years old. They're only just starting to um, do these kind of books. Um, so they just, they don't have necessarily all the processes worked out, all the, all the, the, just the flow of, um, how to do these things and the, the resources, you know, available, you know, they don't, you know, Lucasfilm, Lucasfilm, George Lucas doing this, you know, every time there's a character in costume, they do a photo shoot with every single character. Um, and they will photograph that character from every conceivable angle, you know, and they, okay, and now it's like, okay, we've taken a hundred photos, and, but now let's try it smiling, or now let's try it with your arms up, or, you know, now it's, you know, leg forward, and let's do it all over again. And they just have an incredible um, photo archive of everything. Um, Marvel, I don't know. They may have the photos. They may have done it. Um, but in terms of publishing, um, they haven't really thought about doing all those things. Um, so, yeah, it's a, you know, it, because it's a new, these sort of books are new to them. It's a new, a new venture, you know, there's, it's a learning process. So hopefully those things as we go forward will, um, those things will just grow and develop. Okay. Uh, did they, do they go in like with like the, the, like the legal knowledge of what would be okay to put in the book or not? Or have you ever had to say, this will be an issue because of ABCD? Um, for me, you know, there was I knew as much about, you know, rights issues and stuff as probably, you know, most most uh interested fans, you know, about whether something's owned by Sony or Fox or stuff. Um, but you know, some of the really intricate behind the scenes stuff like whether, you know, rights are owned by an artist or a writer or something. Um I didn't know so much about because that's kind of really, you know, hardcore comic book uh, fan type things. But uh, even so, I I learned what the fans know uh, or understand isn't necessarily entirely true or it's not necessarily, you know, entirely the whole 
full story. You know, sometimes it's more complicated than what fans realize. Um, so there's a lot of, um, you know, a lot of Marvel telling the publisher and the publisher relaying to me about what we can and can't do. Um, so the, you know, the Hulk stuff, uh, uh, that there would be any, you know, hang up on, uh, including stuff from the original, uh, Hulk movie, um, with, uh, let's see, I guess it was Edward Norton, um, who was, uh, um, uh, What's that? Just Ang Lee. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it, yeah, yeah. So that came as a surprise to me that there might be any um, hang up with including uh, uh, content from um, that movie. But like I said, in the in the end, we did include a little, um, but you know, not a lot compared to some of the other movies. Um, you know, and it was a surprise to me, you know, that we, we couldn't include stuff from the two Spider-Man movies because it, it, you know, to a fan watching the movies, it seems like, well, this is all MCU. It's all canon. You know, why couldn't you? But, you know, I found out that, well, there's a difference between making movies and then, you know, publishing books about them, that it's, it's a little more separate than you'd think. So, yes, so they they come to me with all that, and I've got to work within the within the lines that they draw. Uh, is there a project that you you want to work on that uh, you haven't yet with Marvel? Yeah. Um, well, uh, I would love to uh, to uh, update any of the books that I've done. Um, I think Star Wars has some uh, great uh, formats um, that would work great for uh, for Marvel books um, in terms of reference books. Like uh, Marvel could do some great, um, you know, DK cross section guides and great uh, location guides. Um, you know, we could do, you know, guides to alien species now, um, you know, species and creatures. Uh, we've got so many uh, aliens from like the garden guardians of the galaxies and, um, the, uh, the, uh, these last two Avengers movies and stuff like that. And I'm sure upcoming with, um, Oh, what's that movie coming now that got moved to next spring? Um, Black Eternals. Winter? Oh, the Eternal. Um, oh, yeah. The Eternal. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. I, I presume there will be some aliens in there, too. Um, so, yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff I'd love to do. Uh, unfortunately, it's not up to me. Um, the... The uh, tough thing about when you're doing licensed publishing um, uh, is everything is up to um, the licensee and the licensor or the licensor. Um, so it's Marvel and the and the publishers really decide what books they want to do, and then they go find the author. Um, there's, there's very little, uh, of authors pitching ideas, um, and, um, getting accepted. Um, that doesn't happen very much, uh, okay. with things like Marvel or Star Wars or, or other licensees. Um, cause usually, you know, the, the, the owner of the property, they have their ideas about what, what they want to do that, um, 
for making money and for bigger campaigns. Um, and and they also look at it as it you know as kind of synergy to advertise their product, to advertise their movies. Um, and then the publishers, you know, they have their own ideas about what kind of books sell. So what kind of books they want to do more of because they were successful before. So hopefully they'll be successful again. Or maybe they think, you know, their lineup of books is, you know, needs some refreshings. So they'll usually come up with the ideas for the formats on their own and then they'll get a writer after that. Okay. Uh, you guys got any other questions? Uh, I'm trying to think. Um, I know we've covered a lot. Yeah, we have. Uh, honestly, the moment that you said, you know, do some more like, you know, cutaways and locations, I was thinking kind of like the, uh, the star Wars cutaways, uh, cause I've got a ton right. of those on the shelf behind me. And I would just, I would love to see that done with the Marvel universe. It's kind of like, you know, cut away of the Asgard palace or, uh, or, or things like that, or, or maybe, uh, one of the Red Skull's, you know, weapons factories, or even better, the helicarrier. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, I mean that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I-, I could spend a while daydreaming about that one. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm totally with you on that. Um, I really hope we get to do something like that. Um, DK's, like you said, they've done some great Star Wars uh, books in that format. Um, so yeah, hopefully, I think uh, there. I think there's also a little bit of pause um, between the phases because uh, uh, Marvel uh, they want. I think some surprises and they want to create some demand between. Uh, the phases um, so there's a little bit of a I think a little bit of a lag between uh, products um, but also because of the pandemic you know everything's kicked ahead um, you know six or nine months or whatever at least um, and you can't really don't have more books until you have movies because People people just buy more books when there are movies that tie to them that are in theaters um, or freshly coming out on Blu-ray or wherever they're being distributed. So in, in these in-between times, you don't get a lot of uh, products. So it's caused a bit of um, delay, I think, uh, in for new books coming out. Okay. Kylan, you have any Final questions? No, I'm just going to do do a deeper dive in my encyclopedia now. <laughs> Where can people find you online, Adam? Sure. Um, I am currently uh, on Twitter, Facebook, and uh, Instagram. And I'm at author Adam Bray, all one word. Um, hopefully I will have a uh, new YouTube channel uh, in the near future, but that's not been uh, set up yet. Okay. Well, thank you for Sweet. thank you for joining us. 
check out Adam's books. Uh, I know there are some available at BJ's Wholesale Club because that's a place that my family frequents quite a bit. But if you don't want to go out, you can always order them all off on Amazon as well, which is which is awesome. And didn't you say on Wiki Radio that you offer on occasion signed copies through your social media? Yes, I do. Um, you can get uh, all my books uh, directly from me, and uh, I will sign them. And uh, I will include uh, swag if I've got it. Usually I've got um, and uh, bookmarks and might have some other things depending on what's on hand. Um, but absolutely, um, I prefer that because I can make a little bit of coffee money that way. Um, and yeah, so if you're interested, um, just get in touch with me over any of those social media channels. I now got to look to see what, what all you have done so I can see what book do I want to grab first. <laughs> Because you, you, you have a pretty extensive catalog. Well, th- thank you for joining us. Um, again, check out his books. Contact him directly for a nice signed copy with maybe some swag if it's available. If not, order through Amazon as well, because that also helps support him, I do believe. So uh, thank you again, yep. Adam, for coming on. And when you get something new coming from Marvel, hook us up. We'd love to have you back on the show. Absolutely. Sure, yeah, I'd, uh, I would love to. Um, I can say because um, it has been listed, um, I don't know if it's still on there. It was for a short time, and I know it's on the Goodreads website. Um, there is going probably the next book to come out will be the uh, an update to the Marvel Studios um, yes. visual dictionary. Um, awesome. But I have no idea when that will hit stores because with the movie delays, like I said, they, right. the books get delayed. So, yeah, I don't know when that will happen for sure now because with this pandemic, nothing is certain. Yeah. yeah, the Marvel Cinematic Universe wiki is listing that as having an October sixth release date. Okay, so I don't yeah, know if that's. Still- I think that was that was the um, original plan, um, but I don't th- because it would have come out, uh, I believe, with um, the uh, Eternals. Um, yeah. But uh, now that the Eternals and Black Widow have both been moved, I I am doubtful of that release date. Okay. Well, awesome. Hopefully things are still coming. Um, and what we, we hope for the best that nothing gets pushed back more. Same here. Well, thank you again, Adam, for coming on. And uh, hope to talk to you soon. Yeah, anytime. Begin systems check. Uh, I actually no, we're not going to begin systems check. We're going to do the picks of the week. We're doing it in a bridge version, kind of quick version because of time. Um, so what we're going to do, we're going to do two picks and an MU pick. We're just going to no no solicits solicits with them. We're just going to give you the titles because uh, it's been a crazy week. There's a lot of variant covers out there and yeah. some second, third, fourth printings out there as well. So. Um, so Kylan, why don't you start us off with your two picks of the week and your MU pick? So my two picks are Wolverine, Wolverine Weapon X, uh, trade paperback. And this is a new printing. Uh, and my second pick is also a trade. It is X-Force by Benjamin Percy, volume one. And my MU pick is the first appearance of Falcon, which is Captain America number 117. 
Excellent. Eric, how about you next? Okay, my two regular picks for the week, they're both trade paperbacks. One is the Amazing Spider-Man 2099 Companion trade paperback, and the other is the Eternals by Jack Kirby, the Complete Collection trade paperback. As far as uh, Marvel Unlimited picks, mine is Excalibur Air Apparent. Excellent. Well, uh, my first, my, my two picks of the week is uh, Star Wars Dr. Aphra number two. This is Dr. Aphra volume two, number two, because she did get renewed. She does survive the events of Empire Strikes Back. Yay! Um, my second book is Avengers by Jason Aaron, volume six, Star Brand Reborn, trade paperback. And then because shortly after this episode, this issue, give it to me, Eric. We have issues on this show. <laughs> the Dr. Afra audiobook drops on July 21st. It takes place around the time that Vader and Afra meet. So, of course, since she was introduced in the Darth Vader comic in 2015, in, you know, by Karen Gillian, I went with Darth Vader number one in 2015, which has led to such a great solo series continuously with, with this, the Charles Soule Darth Vader. There's a new Darth Vader out um, covering a different time period. I am loving what's being done with Vader and how he gets his own, he's getting his own stories. And these are all canonical stories. So, um, so yeah, I went with Darth Vader number one, which I believe is where we do see Dr. Afra for the first time. So, um, I think we had a great time with, with Adam this week as well. Uh, a lot of great stuff. Any final thoughts, guys? I'm all no. thought out. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Well, we can say I'm so thought it out, I don't have any additional uh, original things to say. There you go. Well, Thursday, if you would, please. Hail Hydra. Uh, Thursday? The clean slate protocol, sir? That may be the better option. <laughs> <laughs> I am one of the most powerful computing systems on the planet, and this is how we are spending our time together.